Welcome to Weekend Magazine, the program where we examine the people, issues, and events that impact New England. I'm Dave Reno. Our microphones are in Shrewsbury this morning, where a new house of worship is scheduled to open its doors on October 24th. Pastor Tom Sparling will be leading services at the Journey Community Church at Veterans Hall on South Street. He speaks here with Weekend Magazine's Randy Berkson. The idea of the journey is to come alongside people. It's a concept of church that's more organic and relational than it is institutional. What does that mean? I've heard people use that yeah, term, I know, organic. it's sort of like the, the catch-20 now. We use a couple of adjectives to describe uh, our core personality. Uh, organic's one of them. And organic is more of a desire to do church in a way that is more responsive to the context and culture around you rather than what churches... I mean, effectively, it's been an effective model, but the more organizational model that buys into more of a business plan and goals and strategies that, that you then work in order to reach out to people. An organic church is more thinking in terms of what opportunities has God put around us, and let's always keep what we're holding on to in terms of how we do ministry. Let's hold on to it loosely so we can let go of it if God's prompting us in a in a fresh direction. So that's organic. The other phrase we use is incarnational, whereas um, a traditional idea of church thinks in terms of how many ministries can we do well and attract people to us. An incarnational idea takes the idea of being connected in redemptive relationships outside of a structured church context, but more in communities. So the Journey of Worcester is really a church planting movement as opposed to a new church. We're starting our first congregation, but what we really want to do is to be a family of congregations in communities throughout the Worcester region. Less worried about trying to build a strong central structure, more concerned with being in communities so that people were reaching say, hey, my church is just around the corner and I'm connected and they're invested not only in my life, but in my town, in my neighborhood. So it's a goal to be a transforming presence in neighborhoods as opposed to being a drive-to location. So what does that mean? Uh, uh, does that mean that, the, that you all don't sit together and worship together? or how Never. Do we do everything online. No, I, I, that's a joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you had me throttled there for a second. No. Um, if you start with our first uh, launch, which is October 24th, and this is the Journey Community Church for now, uh, our first uh, church plant, uh, we're, we're going to be meeting for the foreseeable future in uh, the old Calvary Retreat Center in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with that, the former Catholic Retreat Center that was bought by Veterans Inc., which is a significant organization operating out of Worcester but around New England caring for at-need veterans. So it's a great partnership. They've got this beautiful chapel that they don't use. They use the retreat rooms to house the veterans. And so we've got this um, beautiful chapel and some uh, great ed space for kids' ministries. But it's, it's spiritual community as a traditional church gathering for weekly worship in life groups together in relationship. The three qualities we talk about as far as program emphases grow out of Colossians 2, 6, and 7, where Paul says, as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. So the first thing that you understand is that spiritual community is rooted in the person and work of Christ, right? Paul spends time in the first chapter of Colossians with that beautiful uh, Hebrew-style poem, verses 15 to 20, that talk about 
Jesus being the firstborn over creation, and that's Lord, and the firstborn over the new creation, and that's Christ. So then Paul says, as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. So any church, any spiritual community is rooted in the person and work of Christ. But then what does it mean to continue to live in that? And then Paul talks about three qualities that I would argue is the basic outline. It's the primary thesis statement for the, his letter to the church at Colossae. And he says, continue to live in him, first, rooted in him, rooted in Christ. Second, strengthened in faith. And third, overflowing with thankfulness. So the beauty of starting a new work is that you get to set back and say, let's focus on doing a few things well, rather than trying as quick as we can to become sort of the Walmart of church ministries, you know, trying to throw as many need meeting programs out there that we can to attract people. Let's look at what it means to be in authentic spiritual community and do that well and trust that the Holy Spirit will move. So those three ideas of continuing to live in Christ as our Lord, which is why the phrase, the journey, comes from that idea, continuing to live in a gospel-centered spiritual community. So the first is um, worship, rooted in Christ. Uh, Rooted in Christ is a celebration of who Christ is. It's our growing journey in him. It's being rooted in the gospel, but transformed by the gospel as Christ continues his recreative work, right? So corporate worship is where we gather around the word of God. We exalt Jesus as Lord. And that's, that's the authentic worship of God the Father, because Paul says in Philippians 2, the Father is most glorified when we bow our knee and confess Jesus Christ as Lord. So joyful worship in the Word, rooting ourselves in Christ as a community. The second is strengthened in faith. Now, we call that community. A quick study of all the one another statements in the New Testament reminds us that any significant progress in our life happens as part of the people of faith. So we're strengthened in faith by that beautiful model in Ephesians 4, God giving spiritual leadership to equip saints, saints to the work of ministry. In community, we speak the truth and love to one another, and then we all grow in every way into him who's the head. So that's the second priority. And the third priority is generosity, overflowing with thankfulness. So Our concept of being incarnational, bringing the gospel into communities is what we call redemptive relationships, which is connecting with people where they are with the with the gospel in shoe leather, you know, the hands and feet of Jesus reaching out where people's needs are. And then through that, earning the right to share the transformational message of the cross. Almost has a all has a poetic quality to it, the way you put it. Yeah. Uh, we, I want to set that the theology aside for a second. I, yeah. We want to know about you. Uh, tell us about you, how you, how you came to the faith. Uh, yeah. Where'd you grow up? I was raised as a, as a preacher's kid, and um, I grew, grew up. I love ministry. I love my, my family. I love serving. And so going into ministry was a natural uh, progression of God's call in my life. And I spent about 10 years uh, early on Uh, just uh, recording and being a concert artist and a speaker for youth around the nation. And then about 21 years ago now, God called us up to New England, and I served as associate pastor at a church uh, called Emmanuel Church in Chelmsford, Massachusetts. And 
I was there for almost 10 years. Turns out I'm, I'm sort of a 10-year guy, I guess. And um, so I was 10 years there, and God bless that time. And during that season, I had the privilege to lead a regional ministry called Raise the Praise, which was a student worship movement. And um, it was a blessing to be a part of. It was a very powerful season in the 90s where over about 10 years, about 60,000 young people from around New England gathered at regional worship events that were designed to fan their passion for God into a flame and to draw them into authentic worship with the hope that that would uh, work its way into their lives, but also their churches uh, in a way that would reclaim that generation back into the church. It was a time of uh, interesting transition in churches back then. You know, in the early 90s, many um, evangelical churches hadn't really made the shift to what we call contemporary worship or blended worship. And kids were very much left in the wake of Sunday morning traditionalism. And so Raise the Praise was just one of those things that God used to kind of move a lot of churches uh, towards a more multi-generational blended worship. And then uh, my last 10 years were spent as senior pastor at Chapel of the Cross in Westboro. And that was a really exciting season. And uh, so uh, we've been over this last year in a time of prayer and asking God what's next for us. We have a great heart for New England. Uh, we, we believe God needs a lot of good people up here. We're blessed to be a part of a great fellowship of believers that obviously v is a part of. And um, believe that the, the next chapter of our life is meant to invest in the greater Worcester region. The experience he brings to the pulpit, his future vision, and more. Pastor Tom Sparling shares this in a moment here on Weekend Magazine. There'll be a distinct emphasis on outreach at the Journey Community Church in Shrewsbury when it opens its doors on October 24th. It'll be led by Pastor Tom Sparling, who brings prior experience to the pulpit as he explains to Weekend Magazine's Randy Berkson. At the risk of making it sound like a job interview, and please... It's not intended, but uh, how do you feel your experience qualifies you for this position at Journey? For the Journey? Well, um, I think that for me personally, and I, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable talking too much about, about myself, my um, uh, primary motivation, you know, my, my personality is to catch a vision and to draw others into reaching for that vision to gather for God's glory. So it's a bit of an entrepreneurial, uh, visional spirit. And my wife and I, as we've prayed very earnestly about this next chapter, believe that everything that God's blessed us to do up until this point may have been wiring us and giving us what we need to help initiate, help launch new spiritual communities for the cause of the gospel. You know, my training is is in ministry. I'm an ordained minister and also have a lot of creative uh, communication experience. Did you seek out this position, or were you sought? How did that work? We were blessed to have almost a, a nine-month uh, sabbatical. Our time at, at Chapel of the Cross was done, and so we had a, a season to be in prayer. And we put ourselves in the hands of um, people we trust, uh, Christian leaders. And it was really through some of their counsel that the idea of getting involved in what I've come to learn now is a, a huge church planning movement across the United States uh, that many denominations and, and church movements have now taken on, believing that uh, this is a very powerful season we're in as new 
communities, maybe new models for ministry that reach the new cultures around us. So people really counseled us to begin thinking about that. Frankly, for me, I'm 55 years old in January, and my thought was I'd like to be someplace where I can just preach and (laughs) cast the vision. But um, uh, as we began praying about it, we really realized that that might be exactly what God had in mind. And then through a number of conversations, including some really um, significant people in our life right now who are joining us on this venture, the idea of focusing on Worcester uh, as a region came to play. Can I explain that a little bit? Why Worcester? Absolutely. Okay. So um, here's for for us our thinking. Um, Gallup's um, recent studies on religion in America have shown a number of things. One, the United States is now the fourth largest unchurched nation in the world. We have the fourth largest population of unchurched people. All six states in New England are among the top 10 least churched states in the United States. So Worcester is at the heart of arguably the least churched region in the fourth largest unchurched mission field. So it's a it's a strategic area. And there are, of course, great ministries in, in Worcester and in this region. But it's received surprisingly little emphasis in terms of church planting work whereas a lot of the more romantic cities around New England have had a lot of uh, emphasis. So it's a, it's a great area because of its strategic location in New England. It's at the heart of New England. And uh, there's also great opportunity and, I believe, need for some new, fresh doors into the kingdom. All right. So how do you motivate people for Christ to do, to do his work, to get out there and, and literally on the streets? Yeah. You mean to engage incarnationally? I think you were talking about community efforts as, as the body sure. of Christ moves as, right. a, as a unit. You spread right. out into the community. You know, you have a program right. and you pursue it. Right. But, uh, it's going to well, be all hands on deck. Yeah, and it starts with changing what I perceive to be, at least in some Christians, an idea that you encounter culture through protest. <laughs> you know, you encounter culture by getting in front of the state house and declare everything you're against. I remember a, a transformational experience for me about five years ago. Uh, I was golfing, and uh, I would go about the same time every week to this course and just see who I could pick up with and connect with. And I connected with this retired businessman and a former professor of philosophy at a major university in Boston who was retired. And we, we had very interesting conversations uh, uh, about a half dozen times that summer. And, and one time as as we were walking, I finally just asked them point blank. I said, all right, so you, you know I'm, a, I'm an evangelical Christian and a pastor. So what do you assume we are? And they just instantly agreed around three things. You're against gay marriage, you're against abortion, and you think everybody should think the way you do. Now, I, I'm not arguing whether or not those are appropriate positions for us to have as Christians, but... That can't be how the world around us first perceives us as what we're against. What we've done is we've positioned ourselves as political opponents of our mission field, and we've allowed our viewpoints on important but not Christ issues to be people's first response to us. So it starts with a change of attitude that says we have one agenda. That's the good news of the kingdom. And the good news of the kingdom is not just a proclaimed message 
of four principles that you sign the dotted line and that gets you into heaven. That's what we think of as the gospel message. I'm just, it, I'm just curious. Yeah. I'm sorry for interrupting. Did, is this what you told told your friend on the on the tee there, or or is this or is, was it? Oh, on the you golf summing course. Summing up what you. It took told me a while to think about that, and what what happened was over over several weeks as that conversation came into me, I, I realized for me, and I'm not holding this out as some righteous campaign that everybody needs to buy into. But for me as a pastor, what resulted in was a commitment to redefine myself to my mission field in this region and redefine my church so that when people at least thought of our community, they didn't think of us, first of all, of everything we're against, but they found that we were for them we were for them in the name of Jesus. We were for their eternal well-being, and we're for their personal well-being. I made a personal commitment as a man, as a Christian, and as a pastor to be in a spiritual community where people said, our lives are better because they're here in our town and in our community. You know, in Acts chapter 2, the first snapshot of the church says that they had the favor of all the people. Now, Jesus said you're going to have persecution. So I'm not saying that we can proclaim Christ and always be in favor, but I think we can have seasons of favor. And Peter put it in in 1 Peter 2. He said, live such good lives before the pagans that although they at first curse you, in the end they'll praise your Father in heaven. So I think we need to expect persecution, but we don't need to contribute to it. Sometimes you can suffer for stupidity's sake, not suffer for Jesus' sake. You know, so what we want to do is to redefine how we connect. So it starts with that change of attitude and then a willingness to be present in the community just to be the hands and feet of Jesus. People come to Christ out of relationship predominantly, not out of sales pitch presentations of the gospel. And so we want to help our people have these opportunities, not just as individuals, but as a body to be engaged with people to to through relationship and care as they see the love of Jesus, have the opportunity to hear about his great act of love through the, through the cross. All right. Uh, we, just because we're running out of time, I want to ask uh, where you want to be about five years from now with the, with the journey. Yeah. What we would like to be in uh, five years from now is to have uh, multiple congregations, not uh, set up to compete with other congregations, but given the great need. You know, there are uh, in the greater Worcester region, if you head out about 10 miles from downtown Worcester, there's about 600,000 people. If you f- pack every church in our region, you're, you're going to cover about, got Bible-believing church, you're going to cover about 3% of that population. So we want to be in partnership with other churches. But what we picture are journey communities, journey churches in strategic communities. One of the first places we're looking at is College Hill near Holy Cross so that we're connected with that young adult community. We're not just asking them to come out to the church we started, but we want to be a church there in their neighborhood. So we picture probably two other congregations in the next five years functioning together, sharing resource, common vision. In order to do that, you have to keep what you do simple. A lot of established, successful churches can't really get their arms around planting because they've built such a successful but sophisticated model for how they do ministry. It's hard to think about reproducing that because you've built your staff and you've you've built your resources so carefully. So that's why staying simple with this idea of worship, community, and generosity. And doing that well, that's something you can reproduce more quickly. 
And so we're not talking about huge communities. We're talking about spiritual communities, churches, in communities having an impact. And then our strength is the fact that we're in relationship with each other as a common regional movement. Again, that's Pastor Tom Sparling, who will be leading services at the Journey Community Church when it opens its doors at the Veterans Hall on South Street in Shrewsbury on October 24th. For more information, visit thejourneyma.org. Coming up, Christians mobilized to help orphans worldwide. This story and more from around the world in a Focus on the Family box office review. Straight ahead, here on Weekend Magazine. 